Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Stocks and Coffee. I'm Travis, your Stock Geek. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023. U.S. stocks are rallying this morning with the S&P currently up about 1%, the NASDAQ up 1.6%, and the Russell Index up 0.9%. We had a couple of key announcements out of the tech sector and the banking sector this morning that are causing pretty big stock movements, so we'll just dive right into these. Wayfair stock up 20% today after announcing a 10% workforce reduction of about 1,700 employees. Wayfair had also announced a 5% workforce reduction back in August of 2022. Wayfair says that the workforce reductions will allow the company to get to EBITDA break-even earlier in 2023. Google stock is also up 5% today on an announcement of layoffs. Google said it will cut 12,000 employees, or about 6% of the workforce. Interesting to note here, though, that Google in 2022 added 36,000 employees through the first nine months of the year. That was 25% workforce growth. So now laying off 6% of the workforce really is only partially offsetting the employee count that they added over the past year or so. Nonetheless, the market is seeing those layoffs as a positive because any movement towards Google tightening up on the cost control side is welcome news to investors. Google's operating margins have been declining rapidly this year as expenses have outpaced revenue growth. Google reports its Q4 results in just under two weeks. They'll be reporting on Thursday, February 2nd. Sticking with the tech sector, Netflix stock is up 7% today after reporting their Q4 earnings last night. Revenue growth came in at 2% year-over-year or 10% year-over-year, excluding the effects of currency headwinds. Netflix added 7.6 million subscribers in the quarter versus 2.4 million subscriber additions last quarter. The market likes that, of course. Netflix did guide to more modest subscriber and revenue growth for the first quarter of 2023. They expect revenue to grow about 8% year-over-year, but they do expect revenue growth to accelerate in 2023 as they continue to roll out initiatives around password sharing, charging for those who are sharing their password with those outside their household. They're also expecting additions to revenue growth from their new free ad-supported tier. Netflix management says that they see strong engagement and economics on that ad-supported tier that will be incremental to revenue, and they do only expect a modest impact in 2023, but they expect that that could become a big part of the business over time. Another thing helping Netflix stock today is that management said that Netflix expects at least $3 billion of free cash flow generation in 2023. That's versus about $1 billion of free cash flow generated in 2022, as Netflix is having to spend less on content investment and the business is becoming less cash intensive. And as the business grows, cash flow is starting to rise at a faster rate even than revenues and operating income. So that's great to see. I had called out Netflix as an opportunity back on this podcast in both July and October, but it's also worth noting that after a 50% plus gain in the stock, I am out of the position currently. This was just a perfect example of how the market got too hyper-focused on the wrong metrics and on the short term. The market was focusing too much on the slowdown and subscriber growth in the near term, while I was seeing these opportunities for longer-term growth through the new ad-supported tier, the password sharing, as well as the fact that Netflix could dial back expenses and see profitability improve quite a lot, and therefore the valuation would look a lot more reasonable, especially after that stock had been cut by two-thirds. Anyway, I'm done tooting my own horn, but I do see other potential situations where something similar could play out. For instance, Amazon, where cost control would really help improve the business. Spotify, same thing. Both of those businesses also have growth levers that the market is probably underappreciating on a long-term basis. PayPal might also fit that mold as well as the stock has gotten to reasonable valuations and there may be some underappreciated growth levers with Venmo and Braintree. In addition to the company cutting costs, which they say will help them grow earnings per share by double digits this year. Of course, I am a little bit worried there with all of those business about cost control not being strong enough in a recession year and also with PayPal, potentially some market market share losses to Apple Pay. But while these situations might not have total clarity around all the issues surrounding the company, 
when you pair it with stock prices that have pulled back a lot, especially when you get these deep market corrections and the valuations get really cheap, I think they make for interesting setups. Moving on to the banking sector, there are two large gainers today after earnings reports. Ally Bank up 19% after beating earnings expectations. Silicon Valley Bank, SIVB, up 16% despite missing expectations slightly on earnings. But the results were less bad than feared for both of these banks. These two banks, however, have very different profiles. Ally is primarily an online bank that pays high interest rates on their deposits, and then they go and invest those deposits primarily in auto-related loans, which make up 60 or 65% of the loan book. And Silicon Valley Bank, on the other hand, has a lot of non-interest-bearing deposits from companies and startups that use their bank, but they also have a loan book that's less risky than auto loans. They focus mostly on corporate loans and services to investment firms and venture capital firms, which tend to have lower risk associated with them. Now, both Silicon Valley Bank and Ally Bank have seen their share prices decline significantly over the past year. They've also seen their earnings per share decline year over year. The concern with Ally Bank has been their exposure to auto-related loans. The used car market has seen declines in the value of autos, and the market has also been concerned that there'd be higher repossessions of autos and people defaulting on their auto loans because auto prices had increased so much in 2021, a lot of people had gotten themselves into cars they couldn't really afford at high interest rates. And so the concern with Ally, of course, is that a lot of those auto-related loans will go bad in 2023, especially if we go into a deeper recession, and the collateral that Ally can sell to help to offset the losses will not even be worth as much as it was last year. The other issue with Ally, of course, is that as interest rates have risen, they've had to offer higher rates to their customers to keep those deposits, and that, of course, can have an impact on the net interest margins that Ally is able to earn. So a lot of people are probably surprised to see Ally stock up 19% today, but the reality is Ally's earnings slightly beat the analysts' expectations, and analysts are already pessimistic about Ally. They're expecting Ally to see a 20% decline in earnings this year into 2023, but Ally actually grew their tangible book value in the quarter by 5%. They also saw nice deposit growth of about $6 billion, which was 4% quarter-over-quarter growth. Retail auto delinquencies were an issue. They ticked up to 3.56% of the loan book versus 2.93% last quarter. However, context is always important because pre-pandemic, Ally's auto delinquency numbers were at 3.6% in Q4 of 2019. So the 3.56% number in Q4, the trend is certainly not what you want to see. It's continuing to tick up, but it's still at levels that aren't way above where we saw pre-pandemic. So we have to keep an eye on that auto delinquency number, of course, to see where it might go in 2023, especially if the economy goes into deeper recession. Ally is already building in a modest recession into their forecast. They expect a further 13% decline in used auto values, and they expect unemployment to tick up to about 5% by year end. So they have built that into their loan provisions, but if it gets worse than that, of course, then Ally would see a significant deterioration in their results. It's also worth noting that even after the pop today, Ally stock is trading for less than eight times 2023 earnings estimates. Personally, I see Ally as one of those stocks that could be an interesting opportunity to buy during a recession when you get closer to the bottom of the credit cycle and maybe the stock also re-rates back downwards to an even lower earnings multiple. It's definitely one that could see some volatility this year, that's for sure. When it comes to Silicon Valley Bank, they actually slightly missed their earnings estimate targets from analysts, but the company did have some positive things to say. First of all, they said that 
The client cash numbers and the VC investment declines have moderated. That has been weighing on the company as they've seen a big outflow of deposits. A lot of their business comes from startups and VC-funded companies who have had to deal with cash burn issues and an inability to raise capital in the current environment. So their deposits draw down as the companies burn cash, basically. And Silicon Valley Bank did see a deposit drawdown, especially on the non-interest-bearing deposit side. That was down $19 billion quarter over quarter, and they had to increase their interest-bearing deposits by $10 billion to offset that somewhat. But even so, the overall deposit number went down $10 billion from a year ago, or about 5% of the deposit book. So as you would expect, their net interest margin, the difference between what they pay for deposits and what they earn on their loans, actually declined by 20 basis points quarter over quarter as they pay more to keep those deposits. Now on the flip side, even though their deposit rate is going up, their loan balances are also growing double digits. So that is helping the overall dollar amount of net interest income, even as the interest margins decline a little bit. So basically Silicon Valley Bank is saying, even though our deposits are going down, we're still gonna keep increasing our loan book. They can't do that forever if deposits continue to decline rapidly. However, the loan book growth will help to at least stabilize profitability somewhat. Analysts do expect Silicon Valley Bank's earnings per share to decline about 20% in 2023 to about $20 a share. So that means that the stock is currently trading at about 14 times earnings. The company's own guidance is for net interest income in 2023 to decline a high teens percentage rate, while expenses actually grow low single digit percentage rate. So that's relatively in line with analysts. And Silicon Valley Bank does go into 2023 with a pretty solid capital position, a CET1 ratio of about 12%. Of course, Silicon Valley Bank is exposed deeply to the tech startup and VC sectors. So Bigger problems in those sectors would cause issues for Silicon Valley Bank. And the stock's not super cheap relative to the other safer large banks at 14 times earnings. It is below their historical earnings multiple. But for now, I'm on the sidelines personally with Silicon Valley Bank. Looking at the other gainers today, we do see some of the more high beta, high volatility growth stocks moving up today, like Seed Limited up 8%, Affirm up 7%, Lyft is up 6%, Chinese stocks like Baidu up 5 to 6%, PagerDuty up 5% after an analyst upgrade, and we got one or two meme stocks moving. On the loser side, not a ton of stocks out there. Squarespace SQSP is down 9% after guiding their 2023 revenue growth to 6 to 8%. That is versus analyst expectations of about 10 to 12%. So a little bit disappointing relative to expectations, but worth noting that Squarespace still expects to grow this year. A handful of other stocks moving down on no discernible news like Kinsale Capital, KNSL down 6%, Bed Bath Beyond down 9%. On the macro data side, the Japanese inflation rate moved up to 4% year-over-year. That's the third straight month of increases. That was driven by increases in food prices, electricity, gas, and physical goods. So Japan is keeping their rates low, hoping that inflation rates will move back down. But right now, they're going in the opposite direction. So it'll be interesting to watch the US dollar-yen currency pair as we go forward into the year. We also had UK retail sales, which were weak again in December, showing a 1% decline. Next week should be a relatively busy week in stocks. We've got earnings reports from Microsoft, Tesla, Visa, Intel, Southwest Airlines, ServiceNow, IBM, AT&T, Verizon, Lockheed Martin, Johnson & Johnson, Freeport McMoran, GE, Capital One, Boeing, and a number of others. We also have macro data from the Bank of Canada, which will be giving their interest rate decision. U.S. durable goods numbers will come out, and also U.S. personal income and spending for the month of December. So we've got important earnings results next week as we really kick off the earnings season. The following week is going to be a blockbuster week with even more earnings reports and a Fed interest rate decision. So get ready for a busy couple of weeks. I'll be on the mic here, of course, on Stocks and Coffee, filling you in on as much of the information as I can. And if you have any questions, you know where to find me, at TV on Twitter. 
I've also got my newsletter kicking off, so if you're interested in joining that, go to stockgeek.tv, click on the newsletter link, or go to my personal site, travisdevitt.com, and I hope that you have a great weekend, everyone. Rest up. I will see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.